Welcome to Financial Focal Points, an educational podcast by KBNP Financial Partners. Here is your host and the firm's senior advisor, Scott Krisner. Welcome to Financial Focal Points for 60 and 70-year-olds. For the most part, these really do start the um, fun years in terms of a little more free time. We are... Uh, really honing in on retirement if we aren't already there. And they do represent your last chance to uh, enjoy travel that you have not yet done or owning uh, something you always wanted to own, be it a anything from a classic car to a lake home. And for most, you could really rely on your health here. Uh, across our practice, we see that uh, health concerns begin creeping in uh, for the, really the majority about age 80 to 82, or the world is getting smaller and travel is um, not international for the most part, not even cross-country. So these are the the last chance, if you will, to uh, get out there, explore a little, and um, spend some of the money that you have built up, time to enjoy. Focus on growth and building one's net worth, building one's assets, has now changed to preserving and protecting whatever it is that has been built with an eye toward income. Uh, This is where we see people focusing on what they have to the exclusion of what they always wanted. There was a study that was done a number of years ago that was one of the most expansive in history, and it cut across socioeconomic levels, cut across religious, any religious affiliation, regardless of sex, regardless of any of the, say, the social constraints, and just simply ask people about their level of happiness. And what was amazing was that malaise, or as we say, life ruts, bottomed out, and happiness began increasing in the late 50s. So again, it is regardless of assets that have been built, so your your net worth, your status achieved. The reason that people felt this, the researchers felt this was the case, is a certain peace came over people that, okay, so I never achieved what I wanted. I have what I have and that I'm going to make the best of it. And so we often see the, the stress for most tends to disappear at that age and kind of a oh well attitude takes place where people are not going to work for another 20 years just to achieve a level of status or more money or you know, an asset they always wanted. They just accept the fact for, for those that uh, haven't achieved that, ah, it's okay, it was a nice dream, but uh, I have what I have and I'm going to be happy. So when we're talking about 60s and beyond, we are looking at you know the critical concerns at that time become when to sell the house when to downsize is there a need for long-term care is long-term care insurance even something we want there's been a lot of changes in that industry in the last few years with companies actually getting out of the business and with people living longer premiums uh, are getting to levels one would never have imagined uh, just for the the chance to have the coverage what people are now having to pay 
critical planning needs that we address here include uh, making sure that people sign up for Social Security uh, at the appropriate time. We are asked all the time, should I take it at 62? Should I take it at 64? Do I wait for my full retirement age at 66 or 66 and two months, whatever the full retirement age is for that individual? Or... Do I delay it to age 70? Why would I? Why would I not? And when you crunch the numbers, the typical break-even is 13 years. So, for somebody that decides to take at 64 versus waiting to their full retirement age, getting that check for an extra two and a half years means the same amount of dollars received from Social Security would not have been achieved until, say, age 80. So the question we have people answer is, are you going to enjoy the dollars more before age 80 or after age 80? Many times the answer is before age 80. Uh, So that's kind of the first hurdle. But we still need to know if you are going to continue to work, because if you are working Uh, It makes little sense to take a Social Security check just to pay tax on that and perhaps, you know, for higher income earners, lose the benefit altogether. So it is a very personal question, uh, but one that we find as we explore the options, we tend to see the focus I want to be on is that break-even point, but it is critical that you consider whether or not uh, you are working or not. So in addition to Social Security and deciding when to uh, begin the benefit, you want to be very careful about the Medicare rules. If you are covered by uh, employer health insurance, not as great of a concern, but for those who are not, you want to be sure to sign up for Medicare by the age of 65, or you will uh, forever pay a significant penalty. Um, The other item here in the early 70s that you want to be focusing on is taking the required minimum distribution, or uh, the acronym as known as RMD, Uh, from your IRA. Now, prior rules stated that you had to begin these by the age of 70 and a half. That was extended in 2020 to age 72. New for this year, uh, those born 1951 and after don't have to start until next year. So the age is now 73. And in 2033, the new rule actually changes that age to 75. But it is critical to begin taking the required minimum distribution. Failure to do so can result into a 50% excise tax in addition to the tax owed on that distribution. And the way you calculate how much you have to take, known as an RMD table, but it's basically a factor of life expectancy divided into the prior year-end balance. Um, The easiest way is to know the percent. And when you are in the early 70s, the percent you have to take equates to roughly 3.65%. And then gradually, as a percentage goes up through 4%, 5%, by the time you are in your uh, early to mid-80s, you're looking at 5 6% on up. So keep those uh, target dates in mind. 
So again, focus has changed when we look at investment strategies or asset distribution. We have changed from growth and building a net worth to preserving and protecting, again, with an eye toward income, is this is what you've been saving for. These are the years that you sacrificed in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, and into your 60s to enjoy these years. Any part-time work at this point, you know, as your career has ended, any part-time work, hopefully we find that that is to fill gaps of time, not the monthly budget. Uh, As we mentioned in the 40s and 50s financial focal points, it is critical back then to have begun developing hobbies and habits that will sustain you through your retirement years because it is very, very difficult to turn off your career mind and now turn on your retirement mind and say, okay, now I'm going to play golf. Now I'm going to um, take up a hobby. We've had clients do everything from smoking meats to uh, working on classic cars to playing golf to volunteering at um, hospitals, churches. They've gotten into pickleball, you know, this, this sort of thing, like any kind of physical activity. So it's best to develop those habits prior to the retirement years. Now, as equally important as it is to develop, as I alluded to earlier, hobbies, areas of interest in your 40s and 50s, the other is to begin the idea that it is okay to spend a little of the excess because we have seen time and again, people get to the retirement years and they just can't break the habit of saving everything or not freeing up dollars that have been earmarked to spend for fear of running out of money. So it becomes a lifestyle habit that it is okay to spend a little. We're not spending to the point of spending all of our assets and taking on debt and just living for today. But just be mindful of the fact that the reason we are saving is to one day spend these dollars. And maybe something better to focus on is we need to build the nest egg large enough that just spending the income will be enough. Let's start there. Spending the interest and preserving the principle, but not being so concerned about the future that we don't enjoy today. And that really has to start in the 50s, at least that mindset, so that once we get to the end of our career, it is an easier transition psychologically. I know it sounds easy. Hey, I'm going to retire on such, such state, and then the seas are going to part, and the sky is going to be clear blue and the sunshine forever. It's not simply not that easy. It is a real mental focus, focus change, and one that, one that has to begin uh, in an earlier age. One of the best strategies that we have utilized to encourage this and this being the enjoyment of our work and the assets we've accumulated, is to earmark, just as we did when we were in 20s and 30s and we did the budget, we earmark our investment goals for this is for that trip, this is for that classic car, this is for whatever it is, 
so that it kind of frees the mind that it's okay to spend these dollars. You know, it's no different than when you save for a child's education or save for a child's wedding. That's what those dollars were intended for. We find it much more uh, enjoyable for people than if it is simply a matter of reaching a certain dollar net worth, but nothing is earmarked, and therefore any expense is taking us further from our goal. So much better to have little pockets of savings that are earmarked towards certain goals. Estate planning is now really focused on end-of-life planning, whether or not uh, we are going to have any charitable uh, designations. What do we set aside for the children or grandchildren? Are there long-term care needs? And how should the estate be preserved or assets be earmarked for meeting those expenses? We're often asked why we are required to take these distributions, and the answer is simple. This money has been sitting in IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, what have you, deferred from tax, as well as when, when contributions were made, we received tax deductions, and the IRS is ready to receive income tax on those dollars. So they force us to begin taking a minimum. And I want to focus on that word, minimum, required minimum distribution. So we have to take the minimum to stay safe. But if you find you want or need more, you're welcome to it. Just know whatever comes out uh, is going to be taxable. And that is one benefit to the Roth IRA, which is is kind of the reverse. You do not get a tax break when you are putting the money in, but the money grows tax deferred and there are no taxes to be paid upon withdrawal. So there are a few strategies really back in the 50, your, your 50s, we should begin looking at it, but certainly in the 60s and maybe even potentially early 70s where you can do what's called a Roth conversion. In essence, taking money out of the IRA, moving it to a Roth, and then paying the tax bill on that uh, distribution. But there are a number of advantages to doing so, one of which is you never have to uh, take an RMD from it. You don't pay tax when you do withdraw money. And if children inherit those dollars, they do not pay tax when they withdraw the money from a Roth. So a few interesting things to keep in mind. we also want to look at, at this point in our lives, uh, estate planning. If we have had trusts, do we still need them? What are they for? Are they to avoid estate planning uh, or estate taxes? Or is it to protect children from themselves? Sometimes we have adult children that, in essence, still haven't grown up, and any inheritance would be uh, simply wasted. So do we have those sorts of issues? Um also the idea of gifting we are able to give money without declaring the gift and the new amount is seventeen thousand dollars per year per person so a married couple could give thirty four thousand away to one individual uh let's say you have three married children that would be six people you could give thirty four thousand dollars to and not worry about it you can go over that limit but you simply have to uh, notify the IRS 
that you are doing so. And that is because you have a lifetime credit. Simply put, they need to uh, track how much of that credit you have used. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. Please remember to follow and subscribe to this podcast to receive our new content when it's released. If you would like to speak with any of our financial advisors, please give us a call at 937-390-8750 or look us up on the web at yourfinancialteam.com.